All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to another Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast here. We are exiting week eight, not quite the midpoint of the season, week used nine. Yeah, used to be. Still one more game week eight, and then we head towards week nine. And Jacob, our producer, is here and co-host. Taylor, who knows? He's doing something. He's off in the wind. He might show up. He might not. We'll see. We're not worried. <laughs> He's a uh, podcast time decision. There we go. <laughs> All right. Actually, um, sad to say there's a lot going on this week, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, right? 11 potential backup quarterbacks starting. We'll hit those, and I want, I, I'm just waiting for the uh, old takes exposed Jalen Ramsey, and we can uh, talk about that. Lots of different things to, to talk about here, but uh, let's take it away. Yeah, plenty on the list. Uh, I think let's start with something you've kind of coined uh, on Twitter and just talking about NFL in general is hiding behind health because it, it kind of comes up every week with quarterbacks. But um, we'll get to Stafford in a little bit. Not not That's not a hiding behind health. But Daniel Jones is an interesting case. Uh, was was like kind of a day-to-day, -day, oh, the next not that bad. We don't think it's that bad. And then this week it kind of popped up that Dable couldn't guarantee he'd be back this season. So people kind of thought, we're scratching their head on when he'd be back. And then now the reports of he had weakness in the left arm, but then Tyrod Taylor goes down. They bring in Tommy DeVito. He has negative passing yards on a short, short stint. Don't want to throw him under the bus too much. But then now it comes out that Daniel Jones, oh, he's on track for week nine. So let's make some sense of that a little bit. Yeah, there's a few hiding behind health this week. In the past, we've talked about when Jared Goff wasn't the starter in the playoffs, that was hiding behind health. And it showed that, He'd fallen out of favor. We don't need to rehash that on the podcast. And he was traded to Detroit uh, and for Matthew Stafford. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo that same year, hiding behind health, they they put him on the bench after a second high ankle sprain, even though they brought George Kittle back with a cuboid fracture. And they promptly traded for Trey Lance, three draft picks, and then got Trey Lance. I'm not saying that this is the same extent, but there's examples of hiding behind health here, I think, with Daniel Jones with Ryan Tannehill, right. Will Levis. Desmond Ritter we'll get to. Desmond Ritter, Taylor Haneke too. But let's concentrate on Daniel Jones. We said all along Daniel Jones is not season-ending. It was absolutely news to us that he had left arm weakness. And all the reports last, last week is don't look for him week 9, week 10 at the earliest. And this was all the big boy reporters in unison. And now Tyrod Taylor goes down, and we get the word that, oh, by the way, Daniel Jones is cleared for contact, and he was cleared for contact before the game. So nothing Sun to see Sunday here. Sunday morning, cleared yeah, for He contact. was cleared Sunday morning. But apparently okay. he didn't find out from Dable until after the game, which is an interesting wrinkle, but yeah. Well, it doesn't matter from the perspective that... Then we're going to make practice squad call-ups on game day or anything. Yeah, like he's yet. already been declared out, so... You know, you couldn't put him in the game. But look, I've been a team position, Jacob. We didn't clear guys for contact on Sunday. <laughs> our, our, the next time you need to clear him for, you know, when you clear guys for contact? When they practice? No, you clear them on Monday. Okay. Oh, okay. Monday is the big injury check day. Monday is the mass unit from the day before. Monday is the reassessment from everybody, et cetera. Before the game, you're actually pretty busy doing a bunch of other things. Now, is it impossible that Daniel Jones came into the locker room or the training room and said, hey, I think I feel good. Can you clear me in? They say, oh, you look pretty good kind of thing. But even then, if I look, I'm not denigrating any of the Giants team doctors. They have good team doctors. Maybe they did see him. The norm would be, yeah, you look good. Let's check you tomorrow. When we have more time, right. we're taping ankles. We're doing all this. Well, other stuff. You know, yeah. I don't tape an ankle, but there's other things that are <laughs> going on. Know. It just, it just, the eyeballs are on what's in front of you, which is the game. Right. Your eyeballs not on who's already been declared out. What's, where's the rush? Where's the fire to clear him for contact on Sunday morning? I think this is hiding behind health. Now, did someone get it wrong in the reporting and saying that he was already on track? Maybe, but. This 
all of a sudden he was cleared on Sunday. That smacks to me of hiding behind health of like, oh, no, no, no. We're not doing this just because Tyrod Taylor isn't going to play. And Tyrod Taylor is not going to play. Why? He was hospitalized. We still don't know the extent of internal organ injuries, whether it's liver, lung, look like rib injury, rib cartilage. And no one expects Tyrod Taylor to take a rib block, intercostal nerve block injection after what he experienced in Los Angeles. I can't tell you how many times (laughs) I got, you're the idiot. I can't believe you're commenting. You're the guy who punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung. I never went to Los Angeles with the Chargers. Look, I'd love to be responsible for Justin Herbert's launch of his career. I'd right. go ask him for a piece, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or through his agent, David Dunn. No, that was not me. I was not in Los Angeles. And by the way, we actually on this podcast were the ones that broke the news on Monday morning saying this is what we believe happened with the with the rib on Friday on the injury report and the sequence and the hospitalization, we actually broke the news. So if you actually Google it, I think my name comes up associated with Tyrod Taylor because we actually broke the news (laughs) on it. And we purposely didn't think it was fair to mention the doctor's name. Uh, That's a whole never another deal side story, but Tyrod Taylor is not playing. Here we go. How you mind health? I mean, Look, what we're saying is it's not nefarious. It's not illegal. We're just saying that there's spin when hiding behind health. When you're not judged the same. For example, let's take go let's go to Will Levis. Yep. Ryan Tannehill had a high ankle sprain in game in London. Right. We woke up early and watched that game and we put out reports that it was a high ankle. Yet he stayed in the game, and some right. people said, oh, you're wrong. He stayed in, I forget, how many Played, series? I think it's two series. Two series, and then finally came out. And then they said, you know, let's see what happens after the bye. So there were two weeks, and it was Will Levis this Sunday. Look, Will Levis got four touchdowns. Yes, it's a short week for Tannehill to return. But hiding behind health is, look – if Will Levis had a Tommy DeVito performance, they would not have ruled out Ryan Tannehill for Thursday. Yeah, I might be firing him up for Thursday. Hey, a, a, limit, all, yeah. a limited Ryan Tannehill might be better than whatever. But when Will Levis throws for four touchdowns, short week, all systems go for Will Levis. Let's go to back to our friend Tyrod Taylor. Right. When Tyrod Taylor, Anthony Lynn was the head coach, he liked Tyrod Taylor. He came from Buffalo, the whole deal. And that was part of Philip Rivers' exit, you know. Um, but anyways, when he got hurt, go back and look at the press clippings. You don't lose your job due to injury. Tyrod Taylor is our starter, period. It's not a bad injury, and he'll be back very soon, even though he was in the hospital. Justin Herbert has a good first game. Has a good second game. Tyrod Taylor is getting closer. It's still his starting job. But, you know, he's still working through some things. Herbert has another good game. Tyrod Taylor, we want him to be careful. We don't want him to take any risks in his best interest. Take your time. He's still the starter. Then it became another good game with Justin Herbert. We'll see when he comes back and what kind of shape he's in. And then finally, it's, yeah, Justin Herbert's our starter now, right? <laughs> and if Justin Herbert had played poorly, it would have been, Tyrod, you're ready to go. Yeah. And I'm not saying coaches and teams are disregarding the health of athletes. There's just different takes. And we've talked about hiding behind health before. Hiding behind health just means health is being spun as, I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill's not injured. I'm saying the spin of the injury in terms of what it is hiding behind the health excuse. That's where we're at on those two cases. The third interesting one is going to be Desmond Ritter. He did not have a concussion yet. He was evaluated for concussion yet. Taylor Henneke came back into the game. Desmond Ritter was still on the sideline. He's cleared. Yeah. On so the he's cleared. Said all that stuff, but yet it was, 
well, because of the concussion, we thought Taylor Henneke, as opposed to we've benched Desmond Ritter. Yeah. That just doesn't play as well in the locker room. It's always a better answer to say I'm protecting my players. Yeah. And we talked about it, Deshaun Watson standing on the sideline last week, not this week, with helmet in hand, hiding behind health a little bit. And the head coach of Cleveland did say that he was if, if was available to come back in. They only had two quarterbacks active, but PJ Walker got hurt. To his credit, he he said he was coming back in. So the health was part of the excuse or reason, but he was cleared to play in return. So there's just all these nuances when we say hiding behind health. No accusations of anyone faking injuries or not being injured or this, that, the other. It's the glass half full, glass half empty to justify what really is happening. Got some coach speak related to Ritter as well. Uh, Arthur Smith talking this morning, Monday morning, uh, asked about who's going to start next week at quarterback against Minnesota. Said, if Ritter's healthy, will he start this week? Arthur Smith said, we have uh, have to see where he's at. That's the best answer I can give you. Have to see where he's at. We have to find a way to win this game. So he's not committed to either. He did say whoever starts is going to need all the practice reps. So Wednesday might be a better indication of who he's leaning towards starting. Yeah, and he's left the door open. Um Ritter, here you go. Or Taylor Haneke, here you go. Right. And his reason isn't we don't trust Ritter anymore. We're not shattered. He's not going to shatter his confidence. Yeah. He's saying this gives us the best chance to win, you know, in terms of what's happening. And part of it is we want to be safe and take it slow. But look, if you weren't hiding behind health, you would have Desmond Ritter as an inactive for medical reasons, yeah. but you're likely to have Desmond Ritter. Cause I don't know who the third QB is down there anyways. It's a good but question. He's good enough to be the second QB. You know, we'll see, yeah. but it seems like we're headed for Taylor Henneke. What, what was that Taylor? Logan Woodside is the third, uh, third quarterback in the Falcons. See, that's what we needed for Taylor. We need all the, the emergency uh, inactive quarterbacks, <laughs> the new quarterback rule. <laughs> Tannehill's back up in, in uh, Tennessee, so brought him, up, brought him over with Arthur Smith. Makes they, sense. They, they FedExed him over with Arthur Smith. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> I know we're quarterback heavy this week, so I got three more to get to. Uh, let's talk Matthew Stafford. Uh, injured on two two-point conversions. Uh, first one, he got the helmet, uh, thumb caught in the defender's helmet right before halftime. Uh, you posted our, or you gave us our thoughts. We posted online, didn't change them. Came back in the game and injured on the a uh, pass catch two point attempt when he he has the ball in his right hand reaches out and lands on the goal line so what's they they're talking they haven't ruled out IR is still evaluating all that stuff so what what are you seeing with Stafford well we said from the first half injury at the end of the first half halftime injury report and, and stuff that there's worry for only collateral ligament in the thumb yes there's one in the thumb there's a Tommy John in the elbow and it's basically on the inside of the thumb here jammed in the helmet hole and he had surgery on that thumb for a partially torn on collateral ligament before he was traded to the rams or on the way to the rams right. i don't remember the sequence off season right before yeah bottom line is he's already had an injury there very hard to grip a football and spin it with an ulnar collateral ligament injury is it partial is it complete i don't know i think it's more on the partial side side i will admit that we were surprised in the room when Matt Stafford came back to start the second half. I will admit that we were surprised at how small the tape job was. Yeah, just under the knuckle, like just in that very base of the thumb, not not a big wrap job. And then what did we see later? A huge wrap yeah. on the thumb, spica type wrap, more consistent with own collateral. Maybe he just didn't want anything. Matthew Stafford's been a tough guy. I'll make it. I don't know that he really hurt it again on that second two-point conversion. I think it he might have felt it. It just bottom line is, and part of it was a score, yeah, right? A part of it was a score. Yeah. But obviously they sat him and they went with Brett Ripian. Yeah. And now there's talk of don't know, don't know, right? And uh this is a deal. I mean, remember Drew Brees a couple years ago from this war room here. We're like, yeah, that's an old collateral, and he's going to need surgery. And it went from, oh, my God, you're overreacting. He's not going to need surgery to, oh, my God, he's having surgery, and his season is done. And we're like, no, 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 six weeks, he'll be back. And he was six weeks. Uh, good recovery from Drew Brees there. But old collateral ligament in the thumb is a big deal. 
And yes, this easily could be multi-weeks. I don't know the severity in terms of surgery again. Hopefully he can avoid that. But this is something to watch out for. This is one of the 11 where there may be a backup this week and maybe longer. Yeah, you know, it's a big deal. Stafford's not playing through it because that did plays through everything. Uh, we talked about Tannehill. Or we'll, leave, we'll leave us starting for Tannehill on the short week. Uh, Kenny Pickett picked up a rib, rib injury against the Jaguars. They're on a short week against the Titans. So any chance we see Pickett this week? I don't think it's going to be Pickett. If Pickett couldn't return to the game, how is he going to make it on Thursday? If he got a rib block, don't know if he did. It obviously wasn't effective. Rib cartilage are harder to block. You know, we got word from the Steelers, their head of PR. He puts out on Twitter that Pickett's likely to return. Mm -hmm. And then in the second half, and then when later on it was he's now out. So I don't know. Maybe the likely return was the early report of we're going to do a rib block and he should return. Maybe the out is the rib block didn't work as well as we thought. I don't know, okay? Uh, and this is no accusation at, at the Pittsburgh Steelers doctor, this, that, the other. Just even inside the room and with the team, you don't always know. We've talked about that with Deshaun Watson. That's probably next on your list. But the bottom line is this Thursday, it's likely we'll leave us against Mitch Trubisky. And that's just the, the way that it is. Yeah, just rounding out some in, other injuries in that game. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick already ruled out with the hamstring. They're talking IR possibility. Uh, oh, they're saying that now? Yeah, we were saying yeah. that in the room. Um, and yeah, it would not surprise us short, short-term IR. Is it four weeks? Is it six weeks? It's not surprising. And that's what happens in the in the rain. Uh, slipperier conditions, um, more muscle injuries than big, bad injuries. But that's a significant injury for, for Pittsburgh there. Short week. Yeah, Deontay Johnson picked up a hamstring last week uh, after he came up IR. Or I don't know. I don't know if he picked up an injury. He did play through in the game, uh, left for a little bit, came back. But that's another one to watch on a short week. Uh, I think it was Thursday that he missed um, in practice. So just a heads up for your fantasy lineups that he uh, might not be 100% going into Thursday. You got you to gotta maybe check Deontay Johnson's eyes on his complaints about <laughs> Yeah, I don't get too sidetracked, but the uh, the Steelers did uh, have some complaints on that that field goal right before halftime that uh, they thought the defense was lined up offsides. They got offensive offsides instead, which you don't see too often. That was a, kind of a unique one. Well, just not to we're not referees in right. the whole deal, but the defense is judged by the front tip of the ball, and was the left end offsides? Maybe if you draw the line straight, it was close. But the offense, other than the center, is judged by the back end of the ball. And clearly, the offense was violating the back end of the ball. That's why I call it neutral zone, right? Neutral zone infraction. And he lined up in the neutral zone. Only the center's head and arms can be in that neutral zone area. But anyways, uh, it is what it is. We're not going to go too sideways there. Um, uh, I got asked an interesting question this morning on, on another show. They said, okay, Kirk Cousins is injured. Do they come to you to figure out uh, as a doc team doctor who to trade for and what to, what do they talk to you about? Well, let's make it clear. Trades were way above my pay grade. However, this is what would be natural. All right, Kirk Cousins, how sure are you it's an Achilles? Well, the answer would be 100%. We Look, when we were in the room, some media guys texted me based on what we were saying and said, and I won't throw anyone's name out of the bus, but a name that everyone would recognize. How sure are you? And I said, 99.9 based on, you <laughs> Can't know, be 100. Yeah. I mean, it's just video. <laughs> right. How sure was the team doctor? A uh, hundred. I mean, <laughs> they didn't need the MRI this morning to confirm that. And there probably was a discussion of how sure are you? And will he need surgery? Yes. Is there any chance of returning this season? No. Uh, and maybe a projection of what about next year? How does it look? Just to have a landscape. Those are GM type questions. Okay. Now, would they ask me anything else if I if I were the Vikings team doctor, which I'm not? They might ask Nick Mullins: Is he on track? Is he going to come off IR in two weeks? Right. Well, how long do we have to go with 
uh, the the BYU Jaren kid, Hall, yeah. Jaron Hall, the BYU kid, if we stand pat. Is Nick Mullins coming back? That would be absolutely a question they would ask. Have they have teams have like the Chargers asked me about players they were looking into trading for? Yes. But, you know, do they have an injury history? What do you think? You know, and I might make a call to another team doctor. Might maybe they would ask, what do you think about Matt Ryan coming out of the broadcast booth from a medical perspective? And maybe, I don't know. Right. Or whatever quarterback is out there, if there's a pending injury status, maybe. They're not asking me, should we trade for this guy or that guy? <laughs> They're just asking for a data point as they make decisions about yeah. the trade. So never want to overstate what medical's role is. But there would be a role in some discussions with, with Kirk Cousins. Uh, let me float something by you, Doc, that I thought about uh, just but the Kirk, Kyler Murray stuff, how he was off the injury report but didn't play, was doubtful. I know the trade deadline's coming up Tuesday. You don't think that was a little mini attempt to say, hey, Kyler's healthy, he's available if you want to trade for him? Um, maybe, don't know. But, Jacob, there are so many different avenues. I know there's the physical. I know there's all no, that No, stuff. no, no, no. <laughs> he's got to pass physical. But, I mean, like, if you really wanted it out there that Kyler Murray is for trade, like, there's a lot of ways to get it out there that he's for trade where you don't necessarily have to do it on this the, way. On the public injury report, right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, there's all there's all sorts of back-channel conversations that can be had uh, in terms of what it is. You guys know I've talked about, oh, you guys are surprised at that? I knew about it, but it wasn't my job to say <laughs> right. anything, right? I mean, we'll get into the topics uh, of it. Like, it's well known, you know, this was this, that, the other. I mean, okay, I'll say it. I'm not going to hide from it. I mean, <laughs> the Aaron Rodgers, quote, not vaccinated thing. I told you guys about that. Yeah. Look, look at how he's treated during the, the COVID protocols, he was in the excluded side, the non-vaccinated side. Didn't take a rocket scientist to know that. I've heard the rumors that he wasn't, but it wasn't my place to go and say anything. Uh, you guys got mad at me for saying, why don't you break the news and tell everyone that Philip Rivers was having his 10th kid? That's not my role to do that. I mean, he told me as a friend, I'm not going to go do that uh, kind of thing. So anyways, there's just a lot of ways to get things out there. Kyler Murray is does seem like he's ready to play. It is a little strange that he's not playing. Here's where I was a little bit wrong. I thought, you mean you're not going to bring him back for a home game against Baltimore, but you are going to bring him back for a road game against Cleveland with the fierce pass rush? No, they're probably going to not bring him back for either. And wait yeah, for the they already said another week of Dobbs. So, yeah. Yeah. That was the outlier. So that's where I missed it. I said, well, I, I looked at it as they're not going to bring him back for Cleveland on the road. They're, not, they're more likely to bring him back for Baltimore at home. They're most likely to bring him back for, what is it, three weeks from now? Uh, two, Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta at home. That's the game they're yeah. going to bring him back for. Um, trade deadline, who knows what they're going to do with that uh, in terms of. But he won't be 100% mobile, won't be 100% Kyler Murray, but certainly good enough to play. Hey there, listeners of the Sports Injury Central podcast. Ever felt the wear and tear of intense training? We get it. Recovery is crucial. That's why we're introducing you to Mushroom Life. Unlock the natural power of functional mushrooms with their range of tinctures, soft gels, and more, all designed to support your well-being and elevate your performance. And for those days when you just want to kick back and relax, check out their euphoric mushroom gummies, the perfect blend for that post-game relaxation. Very nice of them to send us a sample pack. I can't wait to dig in on my next off day. Now, here's a treat for all our loyal listeners. Use the code SIC and snag an incredible 50% off across the board. Dive into the world of mushrooms and elevate your wellness journey. And always remember, shroom responsibly. Head over to Mushroom Life now and discover the magic of mushrooms. Click link in the bio in the show notes, mushroomlife.com. That's mushroomlyfe.com. Yeah, that's interesting that off the injury report. I mean, we know teams play games with the injury report, but... I don't think anybody was buying that Kyler's 100%. And then now he's doubtful. It was, it was a little bit of head scratch from us because you, you thought Kyler Murray, well, if they're going to bring him off the injury report, why would they have him as doubtful? So a little bit to to shake out there. And it's, it's interesting going into a Cleveland matchup. So we'll see if Deshaun Watson even uh, has a chance to come back in that game. Well, this is what we've been saying about Deshaun Watson here. I don't believe that he plays unless he has three FPs. There have been two for lack of a better word, false starts with him. 
and I'm not saying he's at fault or he's soft, and I'm not necessarily buying into all the contract issues, although you can make that argument. Right. Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. My boy, <laughs> Brady. Friend of the pod, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah actually, I, I might be going on his thing. Maybe he wants to discuss that. I don't know. Here's my thing. The bottom line is the team even said it. He heard it week three. Week four, everyone expected him to play. He expected to play. Everyone expected him to play, and he didn't. So DTR got the surprise start. Everyone expected it to be okay after the bye, and it wasn't. And it's been explained. It's a subscap strain. He wasn't okay after the bye. But then that following week, he played five passes, one pick, one catch, yeah. five passes. Didn't, and then Didn't look out. good in the five passes, yeah. And he was out with a quick hook. Oh, aggravated the shoulder. He probably did aggravate the shoulder, but basically it's at least two false starts if you excuse the bye week one. I don't think they're going to play him until, unless he gets a week of full practice and he has some confidence. Last time it, they played him was one day of full practice and he was good to go, but then it was the quick hook due to health and injury. I think they want three straight days before they consider it at this point in time. I know they want him to play, right? I mean, he'd be an upgrade from P.J. Walker. And, but I just don't think if, – if you can't be assured that he's going to go, I think they'll ride with P.J. Walker or the rookie and give them all the reps and see what they can do and ride their defense. Yeah, i got to give P.J. Walker some credit. He's he's kind of held his own in that offense, not not been a major downgrade. They're four and three uh, despite all that Watson uh, Watson stuff. And I think the only other quarterbacks, I mean, look, uh, Rodgers, Aaron, uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, we already said the world's going to go crazy when he's on the sideline and throwing a ball. Yeah. He's throwing a ball, but it's, it's he's not close yet. We'll table that one. Uh, Minshew, you know, Richardson's had surgery. He's out. Fields, though. Yes. Let me tell you something. If, if Tyson. Tyson Bajant. Bajant had a second great game and he did not have a great game but you it's unfair to ask a rookie quarterback to chase it's yeah. okay to ask a rookie quarterback to manage and with a game plan but veteran quarterbacks with defenders with their ears pinned back don't do well yeah. right and they know you're only throwing yeah yeah when you're one-dimensional uh, it's much easier to defend so now that he's not had a good second week, there's more Justin Fields. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> we said from the get-go, it's multi-weeks. It's been two weeks now. Yep. I think it's south of 50-50 that he plays this next week. We saw the big splint he has on his hand, and that's that was to hold the clipboard, <laughs> right? I add, mean, Add a ball to the equation, and it's not better. I mean, yeah. that wasn't just a little bit of tape in that's case not, he jams protection on the sideline in case he gets run into. Well, who needs more protection, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers or Justin? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but that's a whole other topic. I, I look, I've been saying this. I hope to be wrong, and obviously, Tyson Bajan's success could up the pressure in the timeline. But just because Justin Fields has not been put on injured reserve does not guarantee a return before four weeks. Why? He's your guy. He's your quarterback. If there is a chance he could return before four weeks, you're going to carry him. The practice uh, squad rules, the call-ups are different. You have more roster flexibility than in the past. So, you know, if it's a marginal guy, fine, let's use the roster spot. He's a difference maker guy. So, if there's a chance he could come back, you're not going to put a fork in four weeks. You're going to leave the window open to see what's happening. So next week is at best a maybe. And um, maybe the fourth week is on the better side of 50-50, but still not guaranteed. That's so the, the timeline. The fourth week is a little wrinkle too. They have a Thursday game against Carolina. <laughs> so they're on the road in New Orleans this week and then quick turnaround Thursday against Carolina. So that might might affect his chances a little bit. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's jump to the bad call of the week. Uh, oh, okay. We'll skip by the good call. Go right the bad call. No, I know where you're going with this. Go uh, ahead. Jaylen, Hit me with it. Jalen Ramsey back on the field. Had a pick. Uh, Mike McDaniels had a funny comment that Jalen Ramsey called him and guaranteed a pick six. And uh, he was disappointed that he ended up with only a, a pick field goal. Um, but made a he had a tackle assist, a pass defended, 
played 92 percent of snaps uh was interesting that they they basically didn't have any other cornerbacks until cornerback five Xavier howard inactive all the way down the list uh not many options there but jane ramsey didn't didn't do too bad in his first game let me get this out i put it out on twitter and other things congratulations to jalen ramsey in bucking the odds and being able to come back there is no question that he has set up a great timeline for recovery. Adrian Peterson, Mr. Miracle ACL recovery guy, who, by the way, wants to get back in the league, when he had a subsequent meniscus repair, did not really make it back. Late season, cup of coffee, shut it down, did not really make it back. Jalen Ramsey's was earlier, more preseason. Look, congratulations, he made it back. Um, do, but I don't know if you have the ability in the podcast, go replay the I am athlete with Brandon Marshall right here, right now, because we are all expecting Jalen Ramsey to come back in end of November, December, or potentially even beat that. Right. Because we see a lot of athletes, you know, uh, say, you know, you know, come back before they should, they say eight weeks, 12 weeks, I'm back in seven. We've seen this time and time again. So for you to come out and say that you're not confident, it seemed like you're not confident that he'll be there come December. Yeah, and that's not a knock on Jalen Ramsey at all. It's just, it's just what the injury is. You cannot compare him to Kadarius Toney, who apparently had a meniscus trim and may be there for week one for the Chiefs. It's no comparison. It's the difference between when you trim your meniscus, it's like mowing the lawn. You can go play football on the grass immediately. When you do a meniscus repair, it's laying down new sod or growing new grass. You have to keep off the grass. And as great, look, no one respects professional athletes more than I do because I've seen it. I've seen all hard work. And people have no idea how hard it is to recover and return. I mean, all the time on video, for example, Brees Hall, oh, look, he's running. He hit 23 miles an hour. He's doing great. No, he's not. He's still limping. But what about, yeah, he hits high in speed. But what about deceleration and cutting? I have so much respect for professional athletes. But here's the one thing I have to say. Very difficult to speed up biology. And that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. It's one thing to cut down on rehab time after you're cleared to do certain activities. And as a professional athlete, they do that all the time. But there are some medical time limits for biology, and it's minimum three months for meniscus healing. And then even if you pass that hurdle, now you got to get back into what you do. It's just a high bar is all. I'm not trying to doubt Rams. The quote that I pulled up here, and it's just part of it, was, quote, I think it's a tall order for Jalen Ramsey to come back and be Jalen Ramsey. First of all, it's a tall order. It everyone agrees it was a tall order and he beat the timeline. Congratulations, he did great. Is he Jalen Ramsey yet? Well, he got a pick. I don't know if he ran. I mean, I'm not gonna throw any stones. Look, you play 92% of the snaps. A pick in a game is fantastic. That's exceeding expectations. One assist and one pass defended. That's eh, not exceeding. Maybe they didn't go at him. I don't know the details of, of the game. He made it back. So, yes, bad call. Really, if you listen to the whole I Am Athlete podcast here, Brandon Marshall even agrees with me. The difference of coming back as a wide receiver versus a DB in terms of reacting. Congratulations, he's done well. We don't delete tweets. We don't delete thoughts. The I Am Athlete thing's everywhere. Play it here, go listen to it. I don't think there's anything wrong that we said in there. Did I doubt him on the timeline? Yes, I said it was a tall order. He's beaten that. I mean, look. Everyone was saying December. I was just saying it was hard even to come back in December and be himself. Right. So he's got plenty of time to come and be himself. And now he might make it right now. But nobody thought he was coming back late October, early November here. So it is what it is. And this is part of from afar. I'm not going to use the excuse that Ian Rappaport broke a story that it was a different or smaller meniscus tear than Adrian Peterson. It wasn't bucket handle. That may have added to it, but still kudos to him. I stand by it. It's a tall order for Jalen Ramsey to come back and be Jalen Ramsey. And if you want to say he's done that and he may have, or will soon do it. I'm going to say kudos. It was a tall order. 
great job. Not impossible. Not I mean, rolling him out the rest of the season. Yeah. I'm just saying, and part of that comment was everyone was saying he's for sure going to come back early because he's already walking. No, I was just saying pro sports doctors allow weight bearing to tolerance for meniscus repairs. It's old school to think that you need to be on crutches. That was the other point that I was making in that I am athlete Brandon Marshall podcast. So thanks for the chance to own up to it. Old takes exposed, have at it. He's a good guy. We've had Fred on the show before on the podcast here. Um, all the receipts are there. Have at it. Yeah, just looking at the schedule too. Get the uh, Germany game against KC. So that'll be an interesting test for him. Then they get a bye. And arguably not the next test until Dallas on Christmas Eve. You got uh, Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, Jets, and then the Cowboys. So a good stretch of games for him to him to prove that he's back. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't discount any of those other teams. Right, still, right, they're right. all professional football players. So look at Denver, Kansas City, any given Sunday, any given day. And that's the truth, especially after this week. Uh, got a good call of the week. Kenneth Walker, uh, under 81.5 rushing and receiving, ended up with 70 combined yards, even though he had a 45-yard run very early in the game. Uh, popped up with a calf, DMP, DMP, FP, and played. Uh, weren't trusting that calf too much, so that uh, that worked out against he, Cleveland's defense. He, he did better than expected, but I think what the deal was, given the calf, sure, he's going to play, and he exceeded even the run expectations with the 45-yard uh, run, but didn't see him being used in space the same way, and, and he really didn't have any receptions for any yards, so that's what helped us out. He probably overachieved from his run perspective because of the 45 yard gain, but under, which is kind of what we were saying on the receptions part. Yeah. I think part of that was uh, Zach Charbonnet being back too. He was out with the hamstring before. So he was back and in the mix for, for some carries and some uh, receptions as well. I want to talk about kind of an interesting one um, this week after the Bajan Robinson uh, headache that wasn't reported. Uh, Another one that wasn't reported is DK Metcalf, uh, Pete Carroll said on his podcast that Metcalf was sick as a dog before uh, the game on Sunday. He was thrown up Saturday night. Uh, that one didn't come out, but other ones have as far as Amon Ra, St. Brown for tonight's game, uh, Michael Thomas with an illness played through. But is are we seeing more illness reported because of the Bijan Robinson thing? Well, it was always a rule to report that. And I think Atlanta's still being investigated for right. that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was listed as having right. an illness. Um, you know, that always was a rule. I think people, and remember during COVID, it was sort of a strict yeah. rule. And now that we're in the post COVID era here, I, I guess maybe some teams have forgotten or not as strict in adhering to it, but that's what's supposed to happen. If the illnesses are supposed to be reported in late ads and headaches and this, that, the other. So that that is part of the rule. Uh, the other unusual one this week we should talk about is it surprised me that Brock Purdy was cleared because Coach Shanahan said he had symptoms on the flight home. That to me was the definition of prolonged sy symptoms or delayed onset of symptoms. About twenty five percent of the league gets cleared in one week i'm not going to make a big deal about monday to sunday oh my god that makes it impossible right. that's one not that, day, yeah. that big of a deal but you're talking when you're on the flight you're at least two hours if not more after the game by the time you shower get dressed load the bus get over there you know put all the bags and equipment on the bus and take off it's at least two hours so if you're having symptoms two plus hours after the game, that's prolonged or delayed symptoms. Those usually do not get cleared. I am not accusing the 49ers or the independent neuro of anything illegal. Every concussion, no two are the same, but those typically are the ones that don't. Now, there was something made by some people at the end of the game that Brock Purdy, probably show it here, right. hit his head on the turf. The uh, Trent Williams replacement right. got trucked and yeah, he hit his head and yeah, he grabbed up at his head. I always say judge 
the hit, judge the injury, judge the play, don't judge the reaction. It's easy to say, oh, his head hurts, his ears are ringing. Or was it, oh, my God, why did I throw that pick? I don't know. I mean, it was a pick. Um, don't know. And I hope he got checked. And I'm not going to a controversy here. Look, one way to explain how this happened is he reported symptoms on the flight, got put in the concussion protocol, and was never determined to have a concussion, but they put him through the rest of the protocol to get him back to play. That would make sense that how he, quote, got cleared. We don't know any details, but we stand by. It's very unusual for this to happen. And it's a bye week for the 49ers, so we won't hear anything about Brock Purdy until a couple of Wednesdays from now. Yeah, it is interesting that uh, the wording around the concussion protocol, it's like whenever they ask a coach, oh, does he have a concussion? They say, well, he's in the protocol. It's never, I mean, it's it's smart to keep it out of their hands because they don't 100% know if the guy has a concussion or not. That's probably, they're dealing with other stuff. That's for the uh, team doctor and the head neuro to, to deal with. But it is interesting that they always say, oh, he's in the protocol. He's going to progress through the protocol, that stuff, not, oh, he 100% has a concussion and we're dealing it like well, that. Well, that's also part of coach speak, right? I mean, it's part of stay in your lane, but part of coach speak. I'm not going to get involved in all of that, but here's what I know. And they may know a little more. Uh, my guess is, as the head coach, he knows if the doctor said he had a concussion or not. But instead of getting into the nuances of, well, he reported some symptoms, but they were determined not to be concussion-related. So he's in the protocol, but he doesn't have a concussion, but I think he can play on Sunday. That's too much. He's going to say he's in the protocol. We'll let the doctors take care of it. So that's, But that's another example of coach speak, you could say. I want to mention a big uh, matchup this week. I believe it's a Sunday night game, Buffalo at Cincinnati. Uh, Buffalo has their defensive problems. Ed Oliver did come back for that Thursday game, but still without Matt Milano, Tredavious White, and uh, Daquan Jones. Uh, is Joe Burrow fully back, Doc? Let me read some stats. Uh, six rushes for 43 yards. Previous six games, he had 20 rushes for 14 combined yards. Well, what have we been saying? Joe Burrow won't be behind the calf issue. The calf issue won't be behind him until November. It'll be with him through October. It's November. <laughs> well, technically, we're two days before, but, but as we look forward... <laughs> To week nine, we're in November. Yes, the the calf issue is behind Joe Burrow at this point in time. You can certainly argue it was behind him in San Francisco at the end of October. But the fact that he survived that game and did well, it is now officially behind him. I might have some anti-coach speak for you. Uh, Pat McPhee on his show today was calling out Ron Rivera uh, for using his outside voice. Um, when he said he was asked in the press conference, there was a Devonte Smith uh, fourth fourth quarter uh, fourth quarter fourth down catch that was uh, kind of iffy. And uh, Ron Vera said he looked up at the board but didn't see the replay he needed to throw the challenge flag. Look, here's what I'm going to say. I love Pat McAfee. Been lucky enough to be be on a couple times. He has great content, and that is a reasonable take he's saying look why do you need to say that you could have spun it a different way i'll say it a little differently we often accuse coaches of coach speak when i say accuse it's a bad word we point out that this is part of their job coach speak and pat mcafee is basically saying you should have used more coach speak there why did you just say that well i take it a little bit differently in full disclosure here love ron his wife, Stephanie, we've had chances to cross paths, his family. I am completely biased when it comes to Coach Ron Rivera, to be fair. But I also know Ron well enough to know that maybe that's what he told the media. Yeah, we should have challenged it. And he even, I think, played dumb, saying, was that a catch or not a catch? You must be asking me. And he said, oh, the report said, oh, that was not a catch. And he goes, oh, well. Guess we should have challenged it. I didn't see a replay to challenge it. Everybody knows what. There is a guy in the booth whose job it is to say, Coach, I think you should challenge this. I think he's not. And every team does a little differently. It's 99% that it's not a catch or is a catch, or it's 50-50. You might want to see about it. I'm getting more replays. 
the coach is not supposed to rely on the Jumbotron replay. <laughs> yes, it was a home game for Washington. You'd think they'd put it up there. But they're not looking and waiting for the Jumbotron. It comes from the headset. There is a designated guy in every team whose job it is. Maybe Ron Rivera, and this would be kudos to him, maybe he was saying he was taking the fall. It was my fault we lost this game. It's my fault we didn't challenge. He did look up and didn't see anything. So he didn't see anything to throw the challenge flag. He didn't see anything where he would overrule the guy upstairs who didn't call him to say challenge. So he probably only told part of the story. Even there, there's maybe a little coach speak. He's taking ownership for it. Instead of throwing the the replay guy under the bus, whoever it is on his team that is supposed to tell him the challenge. My guess is he probably has had an internal conversation. How come you didn't see that? What happened to our process there? And he's just not throwing anyone under the bus. So this don't use your inside voice, not your outside voice. Ron's very smart. I don't think he misses anything. If anything, he was taking the fall and saying, it's on me. It's my team. I didn't see it. As opposed to saying the truth, which is no one buzzed down. We have someone to look at that. Then it's throwing someone under the bus. So the decision is mine. I didn't see anything. That's true. The decision is his. And he didn't see anything. He left out the third part. The guy who should have saw something didn't buzz down. Coach speak in a different way, but good on Coach Rivera that he's taking ownership. It has nothing to do with he's mailing it in or he thinks his job is over in Washington with new owners. Coach Rivera, former player, he's not like that. So I got to back my boy up on that. Yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, those two teams don't play again. They they have a barn burner every time. Shout out to the commanders for giving the 7-1 Eagles a scare in two games. Uh, 38-31 is how it ended up last week. 34-31 is what they played them uh, at home the other time. Or uh, at, in Philly the other time. So uh, unfortunate that's not on the schedule anymore. I uh, just want to give a quick shout out to Sick Insights as well. Um, we're chasing down some Jonathan Taylor stuff. I know he didn't touch the ball in the second half uh, after appearing to pick up an injury right before halftime. So we're going to need it all 22. We showed you one angle and you didn't see much. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, we're not trying to make things up out of thin air. And if we don't see it, we don't see it. Um, we uh, looked at it. Don't see anything. His right ankle, if there is an injury there, was completely covered by the defender. We didn't see it. We'll look at the all-22s, and you'll update on sick insights. Another one we didn't go with is uh, the Patriots wide receiver. Um, Yeah, Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne. You guys showed it to me, and we had suspicion that it was more than what people were saying, the MCL. MCL We had suspicion of ACL, but it didn't reach our 95% threshold. And we didn't fire away on it because we didn't think there was good enough video. Yeah, it could be, but I don't know. I, I'm not in love with, well, it could be his ACL, it could be his PCL, it could be his MCL, it could be a meniscus, it could be patella tendonitis. You know, we're just trying to, you know, give something where we see something for sure. Like Kirk Cousins, 99.9. There's yeah. a, a number of other injuries on the day. Matthew Stafford, when we're in the 95% realm, that's when we say something. If we're 60-40 or 70-30, I think we take a pass on it. Uh, there's no reason to to speculate. We're, and I take great thing, oh, you're a Twitter doctor. Eh, I'm a doctor who worked in the NFL. I'm trying to share some stuff on Twitter and, and social media from insider knowledge not insider information it's not 100 percent, but i'm also not trying to get over our skis and just guessing at things yeah it's a tough blow for the patriots offense i know they didn't have a lot of uh pass catchers that were playing effectively so kendrick Bourne was uh was one of those tough that he's missing the rest of the season torn acl confirmed now i uh, got two nominees for beast of the week uh no we've mentioned kirk cousins plenty uh, a lot of people are giving him credit for uh when he's being loaded on the cart he looks dejected, probably knows that his Achilles was torn. He's done for the season, but he's looking up and big play happened in a divisional matchup against the Packers and he's cheering on his team. So good good on Kirk for uh, being a team player. I mean, no one's accused him of not being a team player, but that's a special moment for knowing you're done for the season and probably Vikings career, but still cheering on you guys. Who's the other one? The other one is uh, the little kid dressed as Mike McDaniels <laughs> with the, uh, the Rolex on, probably a fake Rolex, hopefully. But... Uh, does a does a run everything? He's got the clipboard as as well executed uh, Halloween costume. Um, no, I, I think that 
kid is great. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I thought you when he said kid, I thought you're gonna say that little uh, little basketball player that took the charge from the politician <laughs> or something. But <laughs> we're not going there to be political. Um, I gotta go with Kirk Cousins. I'll tell you why. Great costume, fun deal, but different than cheering on your team. I would say Kirk Cousins for this. Go back and look at the replay, or you'll put it in here. He tears it on the back pedal. Boom. He continues to try and finish the play, takes three or four more steps before he ultimately goes down. When you guys first showed me in the war room the video, I was like, I don't see anything. Because I was looking as he ran two, three steps, kind of limping along, and when he went down, I don't see anything. But then when you showed me the longer video, I'm like, oh, wait a minute here. He just tore his Achilles. So the guy continued to play on the field to finish the play. And then I think he knew he tore his Achilles the second it happened. Because once he finished the play, he hopped off the field like, I'm done. And uh, it was almost... It almost seemed overly dramatic because it's like we didn't see a lot on the hit, and you and now you hop off the field like you've been shot. Well, right. yeah, I mean, <laughs> he tore his Achilles. I believe that Aaron Rodgers knew that he tore his Achilles very early on. He was probably so mad he got sacked, and he stood up defiantly, and then he's like, yeah, I'm not going anywhere, right. and he sat down. And instead of hopping off the field, he knew it then too, but he was fighting through finishing the play too. So I have to give it to Kirk Cousins, not because he cheered on his team, but in the moment, the fight or flight moment, he continued to fight with his team, even though he had to have known that this was bad and he tried to finish the play. Great teammate. Give him that, but beast of the week for finishing the play. It's like, you know, I have often cited guys that, Oh my gosh, uh, who was it last week or week before? Guy uh, who dislocated their hip. Um, oh, Mo Ibrahim, Mohammed Ibrahim yes. of the Lions. Dislocated his hip. He's on the ground. While he's on the ground, he fumbles, yet he regains the ball because he's like, I'm finishing the play, even though my hip is dislocated. The same, same thing here. And that's why we'll give Kirk Cousins the beast of the week for continuing to play the game, even though he knew he was seriously injured. Yeah, thick-skinned guy. None of the trade rumors got to him anything. You don't hear anything from him in the media. So good for Kirk. Tough blow. All right, thanks. Um, fun always chatting, and hopefully we had some insight. Uh, go to SICscore.com throughout the week. Sick insights for the latest. That's the thread to go and take if you're like fantasy in out Thursday before you know the the making decisions. That's the thread at Sports Injury Central, SICscore.com to to go to for all of that stuff but uh thanks for watching and listening and uh we'll catch you uh next week on the podcast